welcome to Niche Podcast about the one thing I know something about game shows, I suppose. I'm your host, Jordan Haas. Welcome to episode seven, part seven of this game show network original gauntlet where we're talking every GSN original except for the Blackjack show because I don't consider that a game show. I consider that a sport. How's it going? I'm turning off. We are not even halfway done. I should probably have said that at the beginning, but that's all right. Now, some shows we've already talked about. I should really get a heads up on this. We talked lingo. We have talked to friend or foe, I think. I think that was in episode one. We talked about Russian Roulette. That was one of the earliest game shows, I suppose, episodes. So if you're looking for, hey, you missed this game show. I, I did not. With the exception of maybe Blank Slate and Ridiculous. Uh, they are slated for next year. I haven't seen those shows because they haven't come out yet. They haven't even been in production. I assume they're fun, but we'll get to that when the, when that day comes. But much like the Price is Right spotlight, who knows when I will show up to talk about that. Anyway, we have four new game shows to talk about today. The first one is one that I will safely say was one of my least favorite game shows to rewatch. Here is Instant Recall. Do you like prank shows? Of course you do. Who doesn't love to be practical joked? Also, who doesn't love to be on a game show? Well, in this cross between a hidden camera prank show and an ambush game show, Instant Recall would be very fun, I guess. Sometimes they would play with a team, other times they would play with individuals. But essentially what would happen is a prank would end up falling on a person. Like they're at a restaurant and oh, the hijinks happen in the restaurant. They spill the drinks. There is an argument. The special of the day. It's all the funny. You're going to laugh. When the prank kind of ends... The sudden reveal of you are on an in-camera prank show happens. But then it, it gets even better. Because then what happens is that Wink Martindale, famous game show host legend, Wink Martindale, shows up and producers run over and build a game show set, which is just glitter and wood. And you get to play immediately after the prank happens, instant recall. And there's a camera that's on your face. Wink Martindale then asks questions that even though you're on a hidden camera game show, you are going to answer questions about what just happened because it's about memory. And if for each question that you get right, you get $500, and there are six questions, because that's just how it goes. I think it doubles. It's, I think if I remember correctly from the show, it's $500, then 1000 then it goes 1500 it goes to 3000 and it's all questions like, what's the name of the waitress? What was the special? Which was the tie? It was very, very stupid. Very, very bad. 
essentially the pranks were very mediocre prank things uh baseline from things you would see on like punked the valet driver steals the car runs to over somebody with the car uh oh i ran over the person with the car but i'm gonna leave now then Wink Marnell shows up and says, Hey, what color shirt was the guy who got run over? Was it blue? Was it green? Was it red? This was an attempt to try and mix formats together to get more people into Game Show Network. This debuted in the 2010s, as in March of 2010, it lasted eight episodes and was supposed to be the brand new uh, view of Game Show Network, because at the time, they wanted to have game shows, but modernize game shows. So this was things like Instant Recall, I think American Dream Derby, maybe. I have to double check on that one. And the Carney Wilson uh, reality show. Because at the time, I think she was doing Newlywed Game Reboot. So yeah, that's fun. Who doesn't love prank show, reality show, game show things? At the end, they win money. Uh, according to the wiki page, while one writer was optimistic about the show's performance, another was skeptical, and poor television ratings led to only one season being produced. It was the last game show Wink Martindale hosted. What a great thing to have the icon Wink Martindale host. You know, Tic-Tac-Doe, Trivial Pursuit, The Great Getaway Game, Debt. Nope. Instant Recall. That's what you're going to be known for. Just, it's just, it, it, it was the, it's, it's one of those 90s irrelevance as a game show thing. I think Instant Recall could have worked a little better if it was like an MTV show or something, but Boiling Points already existed. And there's nothing else to really talk about because, again, it only lasted eight episodes. There's nothing real significant about it. I can't, I don't remember any of the hidden camera players. I can't even go, oh, you know John Gabris who hosted The Substitute? He was in this. I don't fucking know. That don't know shit. So it's just sort of a, a non-existent game show in my book, but it's a GSN original. I don't care how tired I was when I recorded these shows. It was horrific. Anyway, this next game show we're talking about is one that is so requested, so fondly loved. Oh, you have to talk about this. You have to talk about this show. Okay, okay, assholes. You want me to talk about them? I sure will. This is Baggage. You know, when I originally wanted to do game shows, I suppose, I knew I was going to eventually talk Baggage. Because for a lot of people, this was their guilty pleasure game show network show. There isn't really that much to really talk about when it comes to baggage, though. When I wanted to do baggage, I thought this would be a better game show to bring somebody on to talk about. But eventually we didn't get guests and it just sort of fell flat. Jerry Springer recently passed away and everyone has certain thoughts about him. 
I come from the thought of, I think he has a, I think he does have a good heart, and I do believe he was very open-minded as a person. However, as the character of Jerry Springer and the Jerry Springer Show concept, it's all about picking and nitpicking and dividing people based on who they are. So with things like trans people, they're being thrown under the bus. When it comes to black people, it's let's get a racist KKK guy so we could see a fight happen like we did in Geraldo in the 90s. And I think that's the kind of shit that just doesn't fly. But Baggage remained a guilty pleasure show because the whole idea was what is a deal breaker for a couple if you're dating? That's the main concept. And those would be considered baggage. So things like I don't have a car would be considered baggage. I still uh, live with my ex-girlfriend would be considered a baggage. Uh, I snore very loud could be considered a baggage. Or they just go into the fucked up shit to try and stir controversy like, I am a furry! Oh, no! I have a diaper on! And it's not like a diaper fetish thing. It's sort of just like, oh, I have a weak bladder system and this is the medical grade diaper I have to wear. No, it's a diaper! Whoa! This guy's a furry! Oh! This guy collects Pokemon cards! Oh! So, eventually the suitor uh, dumps somebody based on the baggage, and then they get into worse baggage. Uh, but in round two, the twist is the baggage is opened, but not revealed who is what. So whoever you feel is too much baggage uh, based on that deal breaker is eliminated, leaving one last person and it becomes the big red bag. In the big red bag round, it's the it's switched up where now the person that was the main suitor contestant like dating game has the worst baggage of all. I don't do oral sex. Oh. I'm actually a man. Oh, no. Like, it's that dumb shit. And if it's too much of a deal breaker, then the contestant who won, quote unquote, the date can say that's too much baggage and end it there. Which makes the game very interesting, I guess. If they say that's not baggage, they both get to go on a lovely date somewhere in California because it's cheap. There's nothing else you learn about these people. There's no cash prize. It's just a cheap dating show where the gimmick is, oh no, you're a fucking nerd. Oh no, you still have some problems with your family or your last relationship, which becomes more of a, well, that's a deal breaker kind of situation. But instead of having it be a love line with a Dr. Drew or Adam Carolla, which by the way, that probably would probably have been the first choice if you were going to do this, not Jerry Springer. Uh, it's not, let's talk this out and say why it can't be a deal breaker. 
It's let's emphasize why this is bad and why you're a bad person for having this. You still sleep with a teddy bear. Ooh. You put on women's makeup. Ooh. I have a dick piercing. Oh. My ex's name is tattooed on my butt. Oh. That's fucking baggage. At one point, the show became such a success that they did a spinoff Baggage on the Road and Baggage First Dates. With Baggage on the Road, they went to colleges and played Baggage, and it was still the same fucking show. And in Baggage First Dates, they went back to winning contestants and saw how their first dates went. Most of the time, it was like blind date, which means it was very awkward and also really bad because most of the time they were just bringing up the baggages and making things really uncomfortable on the date instead of let's learn new things about you for me to like you, which ultimately meant with most of the time going, well, we're okay, but I think I can find better. Meaning the show never really found love, which means the show kind of sucks. But on the positive side, all of the contestants who did appear, either as a contestant or as a suitor, got 500 bucks no matter what, uh, because essentially that's just all it was. And some of the baggage, you wouldn't believe, were faked. That's right. Some of the shit was just made up because why not? It's during the drama. None of it fucking matters. Meaning it makes me sick to my stomach that this would be the kind of show people would find interest. I hate dating shows that just fake everything out. I want more realism in my stuff. I would rather have baggage be actual baggage. I would rather have people be accepting of people for their differences instead of their weird awkwardnesses. But that's not what baggage is. You're there for the shit show and that's why you'll like it. Personally, I never really cared much for baggage, but for many, oh my God, it's a guilty pleasure show. You have to watch it, which I guess works if you get new people to watch the Game Show Network to watch this show. It gives Jerry Springer another thing to host. It's not just the Jerry Springer show, but it just wasn't for me. And I think that's the big problem with the show. Well, there's things like the hot seat where they answer hot questions that are on the spot. It just never really sat well for me. It had the same uh, like pageantry as the moment of truth. And the moment of truth was like bullshit, like for $100,000, have you ever cheated on your husband while still married to him? Oh, that same level of cadence is in baggage of I'm sleep. I'm still married to my ex-husband. Ooh, that kind of shit. It's just, ugh. but if that was your cup of tea, fine. I understand it's a shit show. You come for the drama. You come for the same sort of uh, train wreck television that most people would do for RuPaul's Drag Race. It makes sense. Personally, I never cared for Baggage. I still think it's one of the worst GSN shows. But I could understand the entertainment value that comes along with it. 
but I still think it mostly just makes people feel vulnerable and unloved. Because ultimately, if we weren't going to say this is a comedy show and a joke show and it's all lighthearted and fun, what you're really hearing is, hey, if you sleep with pink pajamas and that lady thinks it's too much baggage, that means you're a loser and you won't amount to anything. Because that's what you're hearing. I just put out one of my darkest secrets out there and oh no. Even though we all know it's faked. Imagine it was real. That's all I'm trying to get at. It's all fucked up. This is too much baggage. Well, what the fuck? Are you really looking for love or is this just to collect the paycheck and the acting credit? Which, by the way, was most of the time all those MTV shows. I should fucking say this right now. The MTV shows are all fucking trash too. I understand that's also the kind of the same appeal when you did Date My Mom or Next or uh, what was it? The the uh, X on the Beach or uh, uh, fucking um, not, not Meet My Mom. It's date my mom. I think I already said that shit. Uh, it's all that, that those horrible dating sh uh, room raiders. Oh shit! There's a condom in the bedroom. Ooh, that same level of horseshit is the same kind of thing that you saw of baggage, and it's all kind of that two thousands era dating kind of show that I could see people liking, but I think it's total shit. I think it's shit. I, I think there are better dating shows out there than Baggage. I just don't think it's really the ones you think about. Fucking bring back Chains of Love is what I'm trying to get at. How do you feel about the death of Jerry Springer? Are you excited about it? Let me know on the Discord. I have to do a call to I have to do a call to action. That's what podcasters do these days. I don't have sponsorships. What the fuck do you want me to do right now, huh? Baggage was so weird there. There was baggage first dates where we get to see them do the dates. Oh, lovely. It was horrific. It is a bad bad show. I don't get it. I don't get the appeal to baggage. Maybe you do. It's the train wreck kind of thing like Jerry Springer, if that's the case. Sure, not my cup of tea. I'm probably more cerebral than that. I'm probably, I'm probably not the kind of guy that thinks maybe I should bonk my head into a brick wall a few times. Anyway, this next game show, if you love baggage, you're gonna love this one because it's equally as repulsive. This is Love Triangle. This next game show is called Love Triangle. You guys love dating shows? I heard they're all the rage. Hate dating show. I I really I'm sorry to not, not like I, the more I go into game shows I suppose territory of games I miss I realize there's a lot of dating shows and a lot of the shows I just never really liked because they're not really game shows they're just actors playing contestants. Um. <clears throat> anyway, so GSN had baggage. Everyone loves baggage, the most successful dating show on Game Show Network because the guilty pleasure hit of the of the fucking baggages. There was also the newlywed game reboot because everyone loves the newlywed game for its incorrect answers and the contestants bickering at each other because that's always funny. So this was their attempt to kind of go somewhere in the middle with a game show called Love Triangle. And they actually got a very gossipy host to do it. 
Wendy Williams. How you doing, Wendy Williams? From the Wendy Williams Show, she was the host of Love Triangle, and it ran for 32 episodes in its first season, and only season. The contestants who are on the show and being cast are actually in a quote-unquote love triangle right now. Uh, so there are two people uh, who are in the same compatibility with the contestant, but with separate kind of lives. What happens is that they play different quote-unquote games, and then at the end of the show, the contestant has to pick one of the two people in their life to continue a relationship with, which is sort of fucked up. Uh, so, there is some secrets from each of the two contestants' past, so they try to do a baggage. Uh, then there's a personality test to see how compatible they are to the dater about lifestyle, money, and sex. So it's kind of like the newlywed game, but also more sex jokes. Then there are questions which they must answer while hooked up to a lie detector because lie detectors were all the rage in the 2010s, I guess. Moment of truth era. And it was called the Trust Buster. Because I guess Ghostbuster references still were relevant back in 2010. Then at the near end, if you continue a life with this person, this is what your child would look like. And if you go with this one, this is what your future child will look like. Then the losing the player has to push a button and the loser gets like, the door slammed on them through a triangle. Like a triangular door closes them in. And we all celebrate because, yeah, you found love. But it also sort of sucks ass because this is supposed to be a weird quandary kind of show. And you're basically just uh, somebody in this person's life get dumped on national television. And obviously, if this was Maury, they would have extended the show for another 10 to 20 minutes, show the drama, show the screaming, show a crying, because someone, some lady is feeling bad right now. <laughs> Look, this guy was like thinking we could have something together because you've been dating on and off for three years. Not anymore. Fuck you. Ha 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 the executive production house was Three Ball Productions, which is JD Bo which is JD Roth's joint. Uh, essentially, it what would have been like a good show to talk about moral quandaries of what happens in a love triangle was more like in the baggage route of trash television, but in a way that was really mean spirited and just not interesting as a show. While you assume Wendy Williams, because of her Wendy Williams show, to act as such a great gossip host. She barely plays up that character on Love Triangle, instead going for a more reserved kind of host. The best way to describe it is, imagine Wendy Williams, and then they pulled up episodes of Sherry Shepard's Newlywed Game and said, can you do this? And, they, and she said, I guess... She was more playing journalist, Wendy Williams. Like, she was going to do the Chicago news than being Wendy Williams, how you doing, 
What you do in bed, do you do the, the dirty, dirty OMG? The only time you see her kind of be that character is in the personality test round, which I think was kind of interesting on its own. But there is really no redeemable qualities about Love Triangle in all accounts. Because one, while it is a dating show with people in a love triangle, this is also a show that is basically more about the heartbreak of who you have to separate to. And instead of playing into the struggle of the suitors in the struggle of the person they play it up like i you should date me instead of this guy this guy sucks and it, to me it just seems like if we're ever going to go into like a dating relationship i thought i sound like dr drew doing this it sounds like if, if you're going into a personality driven thing and you're going on a game show like this i think it's a lose-lose situation because you dump somebody, it's nearly impossible for you to get back to him because you just humiliate him on national television. So you're really committed to this other person, but if they end up stabbing you in the back and you dump them, then you're left with nobody. And that becomes a lose-lose situation. Um, additionally, I, I think it was just Game Show Network trying to come up with originals. But it just... It's yuck. It really... I, I wish I could talk about this show more, but honestly, I watched one episode back just to talk about this. I forgot good half of it. I had to pull up the wiki page, and I was still s disgusted by the show. And I'm like, this is this is what Game Show Network wanted people to watch. Okay. It, it wasn't for me. Did I mention I really hate these kind of shows yet? It's going to keep going. There's so many of these. Anyway, the last episode has nothing to do with uh, game with, with uh, dating. It has everything to do with the Bible. It is the American Bible Challenge. All right, so let's do a quick game show, I suppose, uh, behind the scenes. Uh, American Bible Challenge... I had on the docket for the longest time because to me, this was kind of the game show that I think I needed an expert on to talk about. I'm not really that religious, um, personally. I, to me, I, I think faith has kind of, even though it's, it's especially the Bible, is supposed to be this book of teaching morals and what's good from bad and just do things to help your community out. But I think lately, the Bible has kind of just made a lot of people insane and hateful and use the word of God, if there is one, uh, to basically be rude to, you know, the LGBTQ community, to uh, refugees, to people who need assistance, because I, I, maybe there's some weird bible that says actually capitalism is good and you're supposed to keep all the money and if that's the case why is there a fucking charity plate given out at church um so i a lot of times i lose faith a lot of times i lose faith because when you see how the world works you just sort of just don't want to celebrate easter or christmas or anything uh so then you see game show network doing a bible game show and you're just 
you fizzle, you do not want to give at the time of day. Not because you don't believe in this. It's just sort of the, why should this be a game show? Because it's celebrating one religion, and it's not really celebrating this. And Bible questions are all the time on, like, Jeopardy and shit. There's a, there's, there's a whole multitude of Christian-based game shows. If we want to go into I think the, the Catholic Channel, what was it, TCN, the same people that brought us Colby the Computer had something called um, Virtual Memory, which was a computer-themed Bible trivia show. And actually, I think that lasted like five seasons. Like it lasted a pretty long time. And it was like a youth based uh, teen Bible game show. And I thought it was actually kind of fun because they actually tried to not make it always about the Bible. They tried to make it about other things, too, to try and just, I guess, get other people interested. Um, but American Bible Challenge was on GSN. It actually was like a tournament structured show and it got Jeff Foxworthy to host at the time of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Now, the American Bible Challenge is all about the big book, the big book of them all. That's right, the Holy Bible. Old Testament, New Testament, I don't fucking know. I, I, whatever is the Bible that you see at the hotel, that's probably the book that they asked. Now, what they got was this really interesting format. Now, I, I don't want to actually just beneath Bibles and religion. Um, because mostly, because I bet some people here are Christians or atheists or Jews or... What's the other one? Scientologist. And the, everyone has their own kind of interesting world. Um, this one... It was one of the, it's actually, I think, I don't know if it's still true. It was the most watched game show ever on Game Show Network when it was released. And it actually ended up getting nominated for the Daytime Emmy Awards for Outstanding Game Show and uh, for Best Game Shows for Jeff Foxworthy. Jeff Foxworthy is the host for American Bible Challenge. It lasted three seasons, 27 episodes. It's basically a tournament structure with the opening round being the first six, two semifinals, and then a final. Uh, and it's all with three teams of three answering questions about the Bible. And these would all be, I mean, early on, it was kind of like Game Show Network style where it's like, yeah, we're all uh, people who do acapella and we're Bible fans. So we like to praise and praise. Um... <clears throat> Or they're a group of nuns, or the, and then later it would be somewhat like that, but then it's more regional. Like this is the Chicago chapter, and this is the Los Angeles chapter, and and it's very cute. I, I think they got good casting because none of, not really any of these people seem like assholes that would throw holy water in my face if I, I said hi to them on the street. But who, who knows? Um, but what made the game interesting was instead of just straight up, hey, in Exodus, what was the thing used in this? Or if we're going back to the book of Job, what was it that it was kind of boring ass Bible questions you typically see in a Sunday school workshop? 
Instead, they actually tried to make it kind of fun. They tried to make interesting kind of rounds. Uh, so, uh, for instance, uh, they had one where they had biblical figures, um, but they were trying to... They're basically replicated with, like, almost kind of like a... Like, a like they got kids to try and make, like, popsicle stick versions of Jonah and the Whale. And I thought that was kind of funny and cute, because they were trying to come up with, like, new interpretations of these familiar things. And all of the uh, money isn't towards them. It's actually towards charity work. Uh, usually their local church, but most of the time it's actually not even church related. A lot of the charities that they were playing for were like soup kitchens and homeless shelters in their local areas. And I thought that's actually one of the nicest things about this show. For a show that could definitely have just been, this is church people answering questions that they know about church because they go to church a lot, the Ned Flanders is of the world. It actually had a lot of um, positivity in terms of just where this money goes, charity work, and actually a bit of comedy as well in terms of its uh, games. Uh, the one that I remember about it because it's all these weird like questions are like 50 points and then 100 points in round two and then it's all weird the only thing i remember is the final round uh they had the final revelation you get it the final revelation it, it it's in the book you can check it out check it out at your local church uh in final revelation the both teams in the main games are discarded so they just scratch it there's one final category uh, and they give each team a copy of the Bible. They go to the backstage area and are permitted up to 10 minutes to study the Bible for more information based on that category. In Season 2, while well, backstage, the teams also have the option to use the Uversion mobile app. This is on the wiki page. Uversion mobile app on an electronic tablet along with the Bible. After 10 minutes, the first team goes on stage while the second team is placed in a soundproof booth. And then they're asked questions about the category. And in rotation, one player who can't confer their teammates uh, go through the same set of like 20 or so questions. You have six seconds to answer as possible. The team that answers more questions get $20,000 for charities. The second place team gets 5000 Teams that win this round advance to a semifinal game. And winners of the episode advance to the finale, where it's $100,000. So essentially, while it's all played for laughs, it's really it, 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 the jokey consolation prize. Guess what this is from like a rap song or from like these weird emojis to represent something. That's what turns the three teams into two teams. Then it's final revelation and then it goes to one. Uh, the scoring was very weird. Um, I think what the hell? What's this? Immediately following the first round of season two, each team had a chance for 25 additional points before the show. A question was asked to 100. You version, are they really promoting you version? I did not notice this at all. Would you rather fast for 40 days or eat mana for 40 years? A question of three possible choices was then asked about the percentage you answered. Uh, how many would say this? If you were right, you get 25 points. This round was removed from the game in the third season, replaced with another opening round style game played for 10 points a question. 
Following the second round in season one, teams had to choose the apocryphal phrase from the three true Bible verses. Since scoring was disappointingly low, this round was eliminated in later shows. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, 1.73 million people watched the debut episode, highest rate original program in history. And then they got, oh, got 2.3. Uh, in October 18th, 2012, Team Judson's legacy, consisting of a married couple Drake and Christina Lavashoff of Irvine and their friend Dean, were crowned champions of the inaugural season. 140,000 for Hunter's Hope, uh, a leukemia, uh, a leukostrophy charity chosen in honor of the Levashiff's son Judson, who had died in 2007 with crab disease. Uh, the end of the first season, the series became the most successful program. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I like about it. It's just the feel, it, it's, it's going to charities. It's not going to, like, weird thing. Although, I will say right now, Wagner Ministries International Missionary Organization founded by their dad, and then season three, Kicks for Jesus. A non-profit which combines Bible study with Taekwondo. You know, that's using your, your heart and your and your mind. Uh, while GSN never canceled the series, the third season remains the most recent season to air, given the lack of production and series announcements since 2014. It's been almost a decade. Now, I, I just want to say I, I think the show definitely has a good appeal for Christian Christian viewers. If, if you're a Christian who loves game shows, this would be your one of the better game shows you can probably ever watch. It's Bible trivia. And it was very funny. Jeff Foxworthy brought a lot of jokes to the game. But at the same time, I'm just going to point this out here. This was still at a time when in the middle of it would be repeats of baggage. <laughs> so it's like the weirdest like whiplash you can ever have is this wholesome family game show about Bible that you can watch on Sundays and then immediately afterwards, I will not do anal. Like, no, <laughs> it doesn't work. But it is definitely one of the better ones. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I have to also look at this wiki page because I forgot to give shout outs to Kirk Franklin from season two. Uh, for being basically a, a musical co-host in season two and three, who actually, I thought, actually at, was a bigger improvement to the game instead of just Jeff Foxbury reading questions and going, well, if you don't think this, well, then you might not be a Christian. <laughs> um, but it, it's actually uh, a really, really smart uh, show in terms of just doing Christianity. Obviously... This could not, even though this could have definitely been on a Christian channel or put on the Pat Robertson uh, channel of money giving, for it being on GSN, the the values on the show, given the the values of guaranteed money, given the fact that this was a primetime game show, and the fact that it lasted three seasons and was fondly remembered, was really good. And then it, it, I remember seeing it all the time in reruns on, on Netflix, streaming, and on Hulu. They really pushed the show out. So the big question is, what could have caused a show that was as popular as national as the American Bible Challenge to fizzle out and get canceled after three seasons? I, 
that's the question I think everyone who's a fan of this show would find out. I thought it was a very cute show. I it was a very cute, very funny, lighthearted show, very harmless. Um, but as for why, I think this was the changing of the guard moment. So they, because usually when it comes to every TV channel, when they do it, I do a changing of the guard of the new like CEOs and the new presidents. They want to get rid of a lot of the old shows, and usually that does last about two to three years. And if you've noticed, a lot of the game shows we talk about rarely last one season, sometimes two, for this very reason. GSN is known for throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks. And even though American Bible Challenge was a bona fide hit for the channel, I think they just had to change it mostly because of budgetary reasons, because they're throwing hundreds of thousand dollars away. And most likely, uh, not a lot of return investment by streaming it out or whatever. Uh, and maybe they were feeling it's alienating because it's Christianity and it's a quiz show or something. But it was definitely one of the better game shows to exist on Game Show Network, especially given budgetary reasons and more. And of course, we would eventually get to the secondary repeat of these shows. So once, you know, My American Bible Challenge ends in 2014, we're now in the Chase USA era when they're trying to do big primetime events in addition. Uh, Minute to Win It reboot would show up. Uh, you would see Family Trade, you would see It Takes a Church. They really wanted to pair American Bible Challenge with It Takes a Church. I don't think I want to count that as a Game Show Network original, even though it is. It's a dating show where someone looks for love and the church decides. It's a cute show, but there's nothing really to go off it, because I have only watched one episode, and it's nothing really to go off of. So pretend this is the episode where we also talk about it takes a church hey there's a dating show where someone's looking for love in the church would try and find it also i want to point out this was still at the same time of baggage so while we're looking for a good christian girl to get a good christian guy let's put that next to american bible challenge and then afterwards let's talk about cunnilingus for a good 25 minutes this was not. Re this is we're we're fizzling into the elevator years. After twenty fourteen, you would see elevator. Uh, you would end up seeing a lot of reality shows, and then twenty seventeen I think was divided, and it just keeps going from there. But yeah, this is it. It, it happens. We don't really get to the uh, idiot test era yet. We're right at the idiot test era. When I say idiot test, that's kind of where the game show network starts becoming the game show network that would eventually snowball into a lot of the shows we are talking about this this era. And that's about it. I still have a bit of time left, so I'm going to just wing this part. There is a game show I really wanted to talk about with this. It would make the whole sense with the, having the love and having the church. And it's something called It Takes a Church. It was a short-lived reality show. It was like a dating show set in a church 
where the congregation was trying to get suitors to find somebody looking for love. And it was basically the trials and tribulations. And they did everything from a bootleg newlywed game to just setting them up for a date. So everything was a little change up. I would say it was kind of like the modern DJ games, but instead of a DJ trying to win tickets or gift cards to TGI Fridays, it was for a date in the community. It was really awkward because if you think about it, one person gets dumped and they still go to that church. So why? It just a little, it, it makes no sense. I get it. They were trying to go for the wholesome family entertainment of a church, but it, there's really nothing for me to explain with that show. So I was putting that on the list. It takes a church. I watched a bit of an episode, not a full episode. So I figured it's, well, I can't really review or talk about it, but I, I, it, I was looking and I was just going like, this is, this is it. This is the show. This is good. And then I just sort of gave up. And that's when it hit me. Dating shows, cooking shows, they're all like the cheapest kind of quasi-game shows out there. But there's not a lot that are really good. I, I, I like Cutthroat Kitchen as the cooking show because it's not really a cooking show. As far as dating shows are concerned, not a lot of them speak interest to me. Because they're all very, very fabricated in a way that's really yuck. I think the last one I kind of liked was Singled Out in the 90s. But anyway, that is it uh, for this episode of Game Shows. I suppose we'll see you again next week for another game show, I guess. We're not talking It Takes a Church. I just did. That, that like 30 seconds of me explaining that show, that's all we have. Sorry we can't cover it in extensive details. And that's going to be it for, for this episode. It, this fucking show is turning me into an atheist. <laughs> so, and let's, let's call it a night. See you next time. More game shows, I suppose. Big smooch. Mwah.